0: ん<音楽> conversations about everything you didn't learn in school hey hey anthony J. I see you over there glowing what's going on with you today
1: what's good what's good it's a good day i woke up good and early and i feel like i am prepared for the day um have been locking myself inside lately so i feel like i'm a little bit ahead of stuff so i'm feeling good how about you
0: i'm doing great um i have not been locking myself inside and only because i've been working more um so it's kind of hard for me to lock myself inside since I work outside my home now. But everything has been pretty good. You know, everybody caught the on, So everybody is like, oh, now I'm really about to be in the house. So I'm like, yeah, y'all better take y'all asses inside for no, we are a
1: city. Let's just conquer the world now.
0: <laughs> don't be don't be poisoning people's minds like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> But I'm good. I'm just ready. I'm really excited to be talking on this particular episode because it just it seems like it's a refreshing um, topic compared to what we've been seeing and what has resonated. And you know, I think will and Jada are kind of like bringing life to what's going on right now. I, I know everybody's sick and tired of hearing about their marriage, but y'all still be tuned in. So how sick and tired are y'all? you know? But anyway, we have a couple guests that are joining us um some are back as substitute teachers and some are new so i would like you both to introduce yourselves um any order it doesn't matter just please feel free to introduce yourselves to the classmates don't go first marcus
2: oh okay <laughs> i'm marcus <laughs> um i'm i'm just here i <laughs> i don't really have much else to say about myself uh, but I'm, I'm really happy uh, to be here
3: as a guest. Mm. I'm Michelle. I was here a few episodes ago talking about polyamory and here to talk about it again. Um, I identify as solo poly, and I guess we'll talk more about what that means um, as we get going. Yes.
0: So, so excited to have you both. Well, have you back, Michelle, but Marcus, to have <laughs> you here with us. Um, we're excited to be having this conversation. So um, I kind of want to kick it off. But actually, since this episode is premiering around Valentine's Day, I wanted to ask y'all like, what y'all doing for Valentine's Day? Y'all got any plans yet? I feel like we brought this up a little (laughs) bit earlier, but I just want, I want everybody to hear these answers because it's kind of (laughs) funny. And
1: how do you feel about Valentine's Day? I want to hear that too.
2: Oh,
3: I love Valentine's Day. I've always loved Valentine's Day. Uh, But I feel like now that I'm a solo poly person, I, you know, I kind of, I, I actually don't tend to do things with romantic partners, really, um, on Valentine's Day. Um, I, last year, I actually did things with friends. We got an Airbnb and we hung out and drunk, you know, got, you know, drank a lot of wine and played board games. This year, I might do something with my family and the kids, um, with my sister and her kids. I, yeah, I, I feel like for myself, because I decenter, romantic relationships a lot in my life um it's it's not like how it used to be when I was mono and I would do things with you know a boyfriend or something like that I feel like I tend to um do things like like with my wider network typically on Valentine's Day
2: see and that sounds amazing I just want to get together (laughs) with a bunch of friends (laughs) and we just like chat and drink and just have a really good time i would love something like that i've i don't typically do anything on valentine's day um and i have a lot of people in my life (laughs) Uh, but yeah i haven't made any i haven't made any plans as of yet and i doubt that i will be
1: marcus was like i got options too
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's go anthony j what about you do you have any plans yet
1: i don't have plans and i'm gonna like hope that it just slides by and people don't ask me about it because i mean for me valentine's day i would be fine spending it with somebody that i'm romantic with but nobody know how to act everybody want to put more pressure on it and make it seem like it's more than what it is and i'm just like uh i don't feel like dealing with all that and then there's the other part where it's like where i've been in romantic like relationships where this was my person. And we still didn't take it serious, so why am I gonna take it serious now? So that's how I am with it. How about you, Chantel? See,
0: I appreciate all y'all answers, and the reason why is because I've recently started decentering romantic relationships, as Michelle so eloquently put it. Um, <laughs> see, I celebrate with friends. Before, I never really liked. I mean, I, it was just never really a thing to just be like, oh, you're going to celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Like, my father would buy us chocolates. Like, my he would buy my mother flowers. Like, we, me and my family, we would be each other's Valentine's. I've never really celebrated with a romantic partner. I've never really had a relationship around those times to celebrate either. And so, it just never really was something that I did. But, um, as you know, I'm really happy that I've started, like reintroducing my own aspect of how i want to celebrate love on valentine's day and that's with my friends or with my family like i really truly cherish that now and i you Mm -hmm. know these are the, the relationships i value these are people who've been around me any damn way so i really appreciate showing love um i've actually like last year i had something planned with one of my best friends and this year i have something planned with one of my best friends too so we just go on like little friend dates it's like it, it makes it a lot better for me honestly because like there are certain expectations that we have and we always enjoy each other's company as friends like I don't know how that would um look in a romantic partnership because I've never really had that and that's not something that um it something that I craved before in my 20s when I was like young and being like oh this is what everybody has but now I'm just like who the fuck cares? Like, I'm, you know, I really want to spend my time with people that I, I love and I know I love and I love being around and we have a good time. Like, it don't matter what we do. We gonna, we gonna have a good time regardless. And this is just somebody, like Valentine's Day is specifically for love and I guess romance and things like that. But I love how we all are just like, it don't really gotta be like that. Like, I, I've, I've just met a few people who are still really holding tight to like the idea of romanticism in valentine's day and i'm just like you, like this ain't hallmark this ain't like a fucking movie on hbo or something like that like this is real life you know so treat it like you know real life you don't have to romanticize something that you know because you don't see it in your everyday life or your current situation now like you can really enjoy time with your friends and i'm i'm telling more people that so I'm glad that y'all had these answers. So mm-hmm. even though Marcus mm-hmm. got holes in different area codes, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: and I'm going to segue from your like um, HBO Hallmark reference and Hollywood reference to how we got here to kind of today, um, which was I was watching a TV show and um um what's it called Why wives kill on paramount and there's three different relationships that they focus on one's in the 50s one's in the 80s and then one is in present day and the present day couple it was a husband and a wife had an open relationship and then the wife had a girlfriend she ends up bringing the girlfriend into the home and I thought they were going to handle it well, like they did with a lot of the other stories. But everything, all of the stereotypical tropes that you thought would happen with an open relationship or with a poly relationship is what happened. There was infidelity. There was lying. There was like all the drama that people are like, ah, this is why we should never do it. And so it really inspired me to do our part two, kind of from the conversation we had before with you, Michelle, um, on Monogamy Ain't For Everyone. And in that episode, we kind of broke down, what is um, poly, um, what does it mean to be poly? And this time we wanted to talk about what it is to actually live and be living your best poly life. And Mm -hmm. so um, as we see now more than ever, people are exploring or at least curious about open relationships or non-monogamous life. Um, And then I was talking to Michelle about this idea about the problem with that thruple, And then Michelle was like, let me tell you about the issues with thruples." period. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of start, um, actually no, let's go back a little bit because we do know Michelle well, want to learn a little bit more about Marcus. And so um, I'll start with what policy principles felt like aligned with um, where you were in your point in the life that you decided that like, I want to be poly, I want to be part of this community. Um, what part of that brought you into this? And it's like, yeah, that feels right.
2: So I've I've been in the community about eight years now. And um I definitely I started out polyamorous. Um, but before I was polyamorous when I was monogamous, I was in a marriage. Um, and I just began asking and answering very hard questions about myself and learning more. There's ways that I've always felt and not really had the language or understood that other people thought the same way too. So finding the community was kind of like just really eye opening for me. Um, and I I slowly moved into the community. It wasn't it wasn't the whole frapple thing where it was like me and my partner and we just like came in. Uh, I came in at it alone and kind of moved forward from there. Um, I took a lot of time to learn. Uh, I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of communicating with people that were in the, in the community and had been there for a while. Um, and, you know, eight years later, I'm definitely in a different place. Uh, I, I identify, I'm a relationship anarchist. I don't say that I'm polyamorous. I am non-monogamous. Uh, and there is some overlap between being a relationship anarchist and being polyamorous. Uh, but there are some very distinct things about it and that just came about me um really answering more of those tough questions that i had about myself and um my needs and how it is that i move about in the world
1: and what's a relationship anarchist
2: so like michelle like there's some overlap too with with solo polyamory um i don't center romantic relationships uh so and and My connections that I have with people um, aren't prescriptive, they're descriptive. We define our relationship, however we show up to it. Uh, And so there isn't any uh, rules that are imposed upon by society or by the title itself. A lot of people have, say, you know, you have a partner and it's X, Y, Z that you do with them. With a friendship, there's X, Y, Z that you do with that person or ABC that you don't do. Well, in relationship anarchy, it's really more just about the connection and how we express ourselves to each other. So I might have somebody that I call a romantic partner, and there are things that we don't do that you would expect that we would. Or things that I do with a friend that you think we shouldn't. So um so really it's a it's a lot of uh self-determination um and defining and moving about in the world that best fits uh who you are as a person. And it really is also an extension of my socio-political alignments um in being a leftist
3: and anarchist. Yes, love that, Marcus.
1: and Michelle do you identify as a relationship anarchist as well
3: so the way I personally define myself is I say I'm solo poly and RA leaning (laughs) um I think there's a lot of things about being RA that I definitely resonates with me um like for instance I might have someone that's a friend and maybe sometimes we do have sex right like um or like, um, I'm sorry. Like Marcus was saying, yeah, I like I don't like the idea of. So the way I approach relationships is when I meet someone, <laughs> and they're like, "What are you looking for?" I'm like, "I'm literally open to where this goes. I don't, I don't date with the intention of finding a forever person or a life partner or anything like that. Like I really just want to meet people." Um, and I want whatever we have to develop organically, whatever that is. And it's so funny because some of my friends call me a fuckboy because it sounds like something a fuckboy would say, I guess, but that's genuinely how I feel. I don't, I don't like the idea of saying, oh, I'm looking for a husband or a wife. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I, I feel like I have, um, people in my life who are going to be in my life forever and who are important to me and I feel like I already have a lot of love and support and community and I'm just looking to date people and like it's like icing like it's just icing on top of this great life that I already have and I just don't see myself centering a, a romantic relationship again where it's like this is my whole world and Nothing else is more important than that. Um, So in some ways I do relate to RA. I don't feel comfortable completely saying I'm RA at this point in my life, (laughs) but I just say I'm RA leaning. There's a lot about it that I like.
1: I mean, y'all ain't trying to sell anything, but I'm ready to buy already. <laughs> okay.
0: First of all, I'm like, I'm I'm like super interested in this language that I've never heard, like you know, um solo polyamory and then um RA and you know, like this is stuff that I've never heard of. And I'm assuming that this is this is language that you've you've acknowledged and you know adopted because of how you participate in the community is that just like like how long have you all been you know just thinking about or even wanting to um adopt this language or you know make this a part of your lexicon and and your way of being i just i'm just curious to know yeah
2: so okay i mean i i've been i've been uh at this a while and it's just stuff it's just stuff that you um begin to pick up as you just broaden your horizons in the community i mean like i like i said before there's always been ways that i've felt about things but didn't have um the language to express so as i began to learn more i'm like oh my goodness goodness this like fits me more and i start, you know i I lean into the i was just like michelle when i said i was like ra leaning um because i i didn't have enough understanding of it that i would want to self-identify with. Um, but it just it it just takes time. <laughs> I don't really know how else to put it.
3: Yeah. No, I agree with Marcus. So I've been poly for six years. I was what, two years into poly before I even heard the term solo. I hadn't even I'd been poly for two whole years before I even heard that term. And I agree with the um oh, sorry getting Anthony Marcus myself sorry (laughs) Ruth Marcus was like once I heard it I was like oh I want to read more about that you know and I just started googling things and reading articles and listening to podcasts so for me personally what happened with me is that I was in two serious v relationships okay I'm sorry it's a lot of poly terminology so it was it was a situation where it was two of us women who were dating the same guy she and I were did not were not involved at all, she and I were both just dating the same guy, and we had schedules, and blah blah blah. Um, and it was a situation where the guy that we were both dating considered both of us to be their you know very serious partners, primaries, however, you know, whatever language you want to use. Um, and I found that those relationships for me personally were uh very painful emotionally, um. <clears throat> I found that it triggered some of my childhood trauma. <laughs> so it was just a journey. Like I came into it and I was like, yeah, I want to, this sounds interesting. Let me try it. And it's just like a process that you go through and you experience things. And you don't even know, <laughs> like when you start off, you're just like, oh, I just want to be free and try stuff. And you're like, <laughs> shit, I'm getting triggered by childhood trauma. I need to go to therapy. I need to unpack. And you don't even realize it that- Like that, any of that is gonna be a part of your journey when you start out. Like for me personally, I before I was poly, I just was like, Oh, I'm a I'm a hoe. Like (laughs) that's how I would describe myself because I knew I was like very sexually free. Um, I pushed it down to try to be monogamous because I literally didn't even know what polyamory was until maybe 10 years ago. I'd never even heard the term. So it's like all I ever was presented with was monogamy. So it's like, okay, I just have to push hold Michelle down <laughs> her <laughs> inside. It's not like if Surprise I suppress the whole, suppress the whole. <laughs> no, really, that's how I felt because it was yeah, like, it's like love thing. somebody, then you don't, you know, you don't have one night stands. When you love somebody, that's what society taught me, you know? So yeah. So I just felt like for me it's just been this process of experiencing things and then sitting with it and reading things and going to therapy and unpacking and 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 that's how I got to where I am now.
1: So a question that I have is, as you all talk about community and then also being in this stage and and learning even in an entering community and figuring out the evolution of kind of like where you fit or what makes sense for you, how do you respectfully start to explore or join the community? And and I say that because there's so many times where people are like, oh, this is a hot sexy thing and I want to be a part of it. And they just kind of come and disrupt the flow or are not serious about, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. especially I imagine with a group of people that like, this is, we've been practicing this for years and to just have an insider just kind of come in and be like, oh, this is the hot thing for me this month. Or maybe I, I'm serious about it and I'm not sure if I really want to, like, how do you
3: Yeah.
2: You, you you can go ahead. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Obviously, because I I think I read recently that something about something like 10 percent of American adults either are in poly relationships or have explored them at some point. So that's a that's a large number. Right. Um, And the other thing is that a lot of people's introduction into polyamory is in is in the swinger world. Right. Um, And that was the same for me. Me and my partner were swingers for years before I brought up polyamory. So. So they're bringing with them things from the swinger life, from monogamy that are toxic and unhealthy. Um, so there is a lot of clashing within these Facebook groups and, and stuff like that, conversations where people come in with like toxic language because they just don't know. And it is hard for those of us who have been, you know, in the community for a long time. I, I will admit it is hard to have patience because it's like every day, every day, people coming in with these crazy questions. It's just like, can you read it's a like, book?
2: It's like waves it's yes. just uh, people come in in waves and you know i i would tell anybody that's like oh i want to you know connect online and stuff like that kind of see if you can do it in person first like sit down and talk to people <laughs> because the big groups the big groups really are hard to tame and <laughs> and there's just a lot that's constantly being thrown out but one of the great things about it is is that um it's especially with the bigger groups is that they put a lot of information right up front about it. There's a lot of resources that are, there are a lot of links that are um, pinned in the groups and stuff. So the information is there. It's just that a lot of people aren't willing to go into it and they jump straight in without having unpacked, you know, mononormativity um, and, it just, it just becomes a mess. People get very defensive about things, especially, you know, talking to somebody that's been in the community over a decade, and they don't always have the, the you know, the most patience with people. I've learned to just disengage. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it, you know, it can, it can be a mess at times.
3: Yeah. You know, I, 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 my advice to people would be you know there are books out here like um more than two I know we're gonna plug things you know later but there are good resources out here books that you can read and I agree with Marcus like (laughs) talking with a smaller group of people instead of joining these bigger Facebook groups but there are resources you can even google (laughs) and read articles find podcasts um but yeah at the end when we plug things out I'll give some resources for people
1: you were gonna say something, Chantal.
3: I wanted to ask, how do you
0: both um, work around or have discussions? Like, what are the discussions when you are faced with the the language? Like, I know, Michelle, early you said, you know, like, ho, and then like, fuck boy. Like, there are negative connotations to both of those words. So how do you both, you know, like, work around that language and like have discussions with people i guess who
3: really think that way um so w- i would say that i tend to not be friends with people who are not sex positive i don't really have and i even like even in you know on my facebook page if someone's not going to be sex positive this is not the space for them
2: right
3: <laughs> i'm very out and proud about being a hoe and being sex positive. Um, When I'm dating, I put all that stuff out there in the beginning. Yes, I date multiple people. Yes, I have sex with multiple people. If you have a problem with that, I'm not the one for you. <laughs> so I'm just very like, I, you know, I I don't hide stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not the girl that's trying to, you know. Like when people, if someone asked me, uh, what sh- how many people have you slept with? First of all, I don't keep con- count. And I don't date people who even ask me that question. So I just feel like I just have my process of weeding people out. And I just, I just don't even associate, honestly.
2: Yeah, I would have, I got basically the same answer. I don't normally have um, conversations with people around that, um, where I would have to either quiet that language or you know navigate it as if they don't understand and have to explain things to them um yeah it's not really something that that uh I engage with anymore at least I mean I I really can't even tell you when the last time I have yeah so
1: when y'all talking about this makes me think about the because there's so much in here that I'm like resonates with me and um this year, like one of my goals is to lean more into doing things that affirm and support sex positivity in in my life and with others. And in some of the language, I'm like, this is just really dwindling down what your friend list list is gonna look like, what your (laughs) dating list is gonna look like. But was that for you all? Did you figure out that like, once you started doing it, that maybe it X a lot of people off, did you find like more like people or was it hard? Is it hard to find? Other like-minded people? How does that work?
2: I mean, just just being non-monogamous cuts a lot of people out of the equation. Um, I, I, For me, monogamy is a non-starter, so I don't, like, if I'm dating, if I'm talking to somebody and there's um, uh, a chance for progression, uh, I usually know ahead of time who I'm talking to in that in the respect of like whether they're monogamous or not, so there's not a lot of people, you know like it, it really just isn't a whole lot of people. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought just now. But what were
3: uh, you going to go, Marcus? Or...
2: No, yeah, you go, you go ahead. Uh, I literally just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry.
3: No, you're fine. Um, I, so for me personally, and some people do say that, right? That being uh, sex positive and being, um, poly polyamorous, um, that it does limit your dating. I don't feel like that. I, well, first of all, I prescribe to, in my life in general, I prescribe to, um, like this attitude of abundance. Like I, I just approach everything that I'm going to get what I need from life and there's going to be an abundance of it. That's how I approach life. And I have found that, um, Once I became polyamorous, um, that doesn't mean I didn't lose people, right? Like I broke up with my life partner, the father of my children who I've been with with for 11 years. And honestly, it was probably one of the hardest things I've done in my entire life. And it was something I had to do and I had to get through so I could become the person I am. He and I are still close friends, right? Like, so it's not that I lost him completely, it's just that our relationship changed. Um, But we have a better friendship now than we did when we were together. but I think that that's because of my abundance practice too, um, in the way that I approach life. And I find that I find that a lot of people today, I don't, I don't find that there's a lack for me personally. Um, and like I said, it could be the way that I approach life, but I find that the more that I am, uh, just very, uh, proud about who I am and vocal about who I am, I end up attracting those kinds of people to myself. Um, and so I don't, I don't find that there's a lack, me personally.
2: I didn't know that we shared the same story. <laughs> we, um, like I don't know, like first year of me being uh, polyamorous, I had asked for a separation and divorce. You know, I I knew that I had become some uh, someone that the, my monogamous partner. At the time my wife it just would not sustain it wasn't aligned but we are absolutely the best of friends now and it was just a transformation in the relationship yeah and that the whole the whole abundance um mentality is like it's such an amazing thing Uh, i totally agree with you on that as far as like abundance versus scarcity yeah um But yeah, I mean, and I don't really look at it like being like, there's a lack because I'm non-monogamous, but just like off the bat, as far as the dating pool, like I don't date monogamous people. So my pool is much smaller, but it's still really not lacking. Like there's, I say my, I always say my polycule looks like a constellation. It's like (laughs) a football roster. Like There's just a lot going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask like, do you find that that's a general, um, not a general, because of course it can't be generalized, but like maybe you, you both are connected more with people who are in the abundant space more than the scarcity space or like, how does, like, is that, Something that you all just find? Do you do you always see people who are still in scarcity space in poly? Because I just feel like to be polyamorous or to be polygamous, it means to know abundance in another way. So that's that's kind of what I'm getting is like, do you all still do? I guess because of the heteronormative um, language, do you find that that really is more of the scarcity? part of the polyamory or polygamy or things of that nature.
2: Um me with scarcity versus uh abundance um just like just like michelle i don't date with the intent to escalate a relationship into a lifetime um partnership though if i'm uh if if i'm connected with somebody and we have that relationship for a lifetime it's a great beautiful thing but it's not something that that's not my intent for engaging with people um and so I and I don't have a scarcity mindset uh in relation to love in that if I see a person and I like them I have to just go like ah try to grab them try to reach out connect with them it's like like no I kind of just I move through life as I am And the people that I attract are the people that I attract. The the relationship that I try, that I I put the most into is um, the relationship I have with myself. And it makes it a whole lot easier to navigate other relationships when I'm always maintaining a full cup.
3: Yes. Y'all better preach. Go ahead. Uh, Right, right. No, I completely agree with that, Marcus. Like, uh, Like, I really didn't know at the beginning of this journey that Polyamory was going to be so much about me, like <laughs> learning yeah. about loving myself, centering myself. I did not know that at the beginning, and that's and that's what it's become, and I love it.
1: And can let me just do this. Let's get into the myth busting phase of things. Okay. The fun part. <laughs> so I want you all to to go first. Or what are some of the Tropes, stereotypes or myths that usually come around being poly that it's like let's just go ahead and dispel this for people who don't know who are confused or that is just problematic to us so what are some of them that it's like okay let's knock these out
2: um yeah i'll 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 kick it off because the one thing that like there's there's certain things about well i'm 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 particular about language um and words mean a lot so like when I hear certain words, it flags in my head and I know like what I'm engaging with. And one of the biggest ones is share and allow. <laughs> um, when it comes to possession and ownership, that's like the biggest, like the, like something you'll hear a lot is, oh, like I, I wouldn't be able to share my partner I'm, and I agree with you because I don't own or possess my partner I wouldn't be able to share either like <laughs> so like that's one of the big things that um always sticks out in my mind is this idea of ownership um and it is something that it, it's not just a monogamous thing. Uh, I've seen it plenty enough even in non-monogamous spaces where people haven't yet unpacked this uh um, possession, possessiveness that it, that comes with other people. You don't own other people. That's just something that just sticks out in my head that people really need to get over.
3: Yeah. Um, I would, I definitely agree with that, that people have to unpack that from, from um, monogamy, this idea of owning. Um, but I would say, hmm, so I do date uh, mono people. <laughs> If they are okay with who I am and how I get down, then I'm open to dating them um, because I'm also very open to sex-centered relationships. So um, so I would say when I'm getting to know someone, um, some of the bigger questions are... So for instance, I'm pansexual. Um, so a, a big thing too is men think that I'm interested in women for their pleasure, and I'm not. <laughs> This is for me. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what another one is. I guess another big one is that those of us who are poly got into it for sex. And while I'm a sex positive person and sex is important to me, it is bigger than that. Um, And that is a big thing for people in the community, too, is that people outside the community think this is all, you know, that we're just having orgies all the time, which would be amazing if we were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we're not. Um, so I would say that that's definitely a big one that people just assume that it's like, no, it's about getting to know people, getting to know yourself, you know, dealing with jealousy. <laughs> you know, we do a lot of talking about jealousy and why you're jealous and unpacking that. And, um, it's a lot of self-work. There's
2: <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of self-work.
3: Yeah. So, so, but people think it's all about orgies and it's not,
2: um, it's not uh, I would say, I would say something else, um, too, is, um, uh, people have this idea you know when people think of uh, polyamory they, they're thinking of sex straight off the bat and a lot of people um have this idea that sti spread more yeah in polyamorous spaces um and that is far from the truth uh, i don't even it's statistically not even true um uh, non-monogamous people uh tend to be more open with um testing and having talks around sex
1: yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: so we have a much lower baseline of instances of STIs and if it does happen which it does um people are open about it people are yeah. you know we talk about it share that information mm-hmm. like we you know it just like it's not as stigmatized
0: yeah. as
2: uh, it is in monogamous communities
0: yeah I agree with that are you both um, open to sharing maybe some of your misconceptions or um, some of the myths that you believed in upon defining or like getting more knowledge or entering more into polyamorous relationships too?
3: Oh, things we thought initially you're saying, Shantou? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Um... Can you so remember I'm... back that far? Because y'all, yeah, been, y'all been I in the game for a hard. minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And y'all are like, I had to unpack a lot of
3: things, okay? <laughs> yeah, I would say initially, when I very, very first got into it, like I said, I had a life partner at the time. And I remember when I was trying to sell polyamory to him, <laughs> I just was like, you're going to be my primary, you're always going to be centered, and you can give me rules. It was very toxic the, the version of polyamory that I was selling to him, but I just didn't know that it, I just didn't know enough about it. Right. Um, but I was so, I was doing so much work to make him feel okay with it that I really should have just been focused on what I wanted and needed. And instead of like, Oh, I got to sell this to him. So me and him can do this together. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we tried it for a year. It was super fucking toxic. And then I realized I had to save myself. Um, But yeah, I would say those were mine in the beginning. Like I have to center my man. I have to make sure he feels comfortable. I can't do things that make him feel uncomfortable. A lot of it was, yeah, about making him feel okay with it when really this was my journey. So I would say those were the biggest ones for me.
2: Yeah, I would say that I was definitely hierarchical um, starting out, you know, like, oh, you know, this person is my primary partner and this person is in their secondary and stuff like that. And kind of like a, um, a hierarchical ranking within being um, polyamorous uh, of which I've completely deconstructed. Now I'm, I'm not even hierarchical in the sense of relationship types. I don't believe that, you know, a partner a romantic partner is greater than a friend or or that like your spouse is greater than you know a partner you know so like like I'm, i've that's a thing of the past but that was definitely something that i could look back at and it's like oh yeah <laughs> that was an issue i had coming in you
1: know <laughs>
0: mm.
1: and so the y'all have talked about a whole different type a, a lot of different makeups from throuple to like, here's a primary um, person and maybe like a secondary person. What are some of the other uh, relationship or, or partner makeups that there are in when you're a poly? Um, and Michelle's looking like there's too many to list,
2: like. Yeah, the the complete-
3: <laughs> Diagrams.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There really is like diagrams for it. They have names for everything.
3: Um, <laughs> thing about polyamory we have names for everything yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I look at my i look at my um i look at it like a a spider web at times it doesn't have any sort of uh shape or configuration there's times you know people weave in and out in their connections with people sometimes i might be a pivot in one you know between two people there or i don't even know it's a lot
3: yeah there, there there are definitely diagrams that people can pull up of different um poly configurations like there's so much outside of the throuple slash triad i mean there's sometimes quads where you have two couples who date each other yeah. um yeah there's just a lot of them but i i the, the other one that i like is you know having a polycule or a poly tribe like i really enjoy my circle um you know, we're made up of a group of people. Some of us are friends, some of us are dating, some of us are hooking up, <laughs> but we're all just kind of connected. Um, another one that I enjoy is called a comet. And so that's someone who, you know, you just don't see that often, but they're still significant in your life. You still enjoy spending time with them. Maybe they're long distance, but maybe you only see them two or three times a year. Um hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to be a comet in somebody's life. I'm gonna just let y'all know that right now. Okay. Yeah,
2: it's just like I have I have a connection. It
0: like it has. Yes. <laughs>
2: <It has. laughs> uh one, one of my friends is like a comet in my life, and um I haven't seen them in probably a year. It's been more than a year, but uh, and they don't identify RA but they check off a lot of the boxes, <laughs> <laughs> but whenever, but, but whenever we meet or talk to each other, it's like literally time has not passed. Like no beats mm-hmm. are skipped and it's just, it's an amazing thing. Like I love having the relationship with them that I have.
3: Yeah. Mm. I, I have a couple of comments that I have known for a few years now and yeah. And I, I love them both. And and, and that's the other thing too, is I feel like in monogamy, there tends to be this thing like, oh, I don't have feelings for my fuck buddy. They don't get to know anything about my life. I don't talk to them. They don't get to eat at my house. You can't spend the night. Like, why do you have all these rules? Like, why are you like, I don't understand the need to dehumanize a person in that way. Like I have, well, we call each other fuck buddies, but he's basically a a comment of mine and I've known him now for what, four or five years. And we have a mostly sex centered relationship, but when we do see each other, we'll talk for about an hour and catch up. And I remember at one point in the pandemic, he had lost his father. I had lost my grandfather. We talked about it. We cried and we had amazing sex. (laughs) And (laughs) I love him. You know what I mean? But most people would be like, Oh, that's the nigga you just supposed to be having sex with. You shouldn't be talking to him about your life. And Why? Why not just let your connections be whatever they organically become like, yeah, that's how I think you should approach dating and, and, and connecting with people. And it's so
0: interesting just because now when people are hearing about like what y'all talked about in terms of like celebrating Valentine's day and stuff like that, like, I feel like it's going to make a lot more sense for people who are just like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't see it this way. And it's just like, no, no you know the people that you're listening to like we like you're open to relationship period like it doesn't have to be a definitive way like this person doesn't have to come in my life and stay I'm not it's not an ownership thing it's just like I cherish the love that we both share with each other and that's just that like why can't we just appreciate the love that we both honor in each other you know so Anthony Jay what were you gonna say
1: i am just saying this is so hitting home and it's just interesting that there's certain things in my life that are already set up with some of the terms that you all are are saying, right? Good. And that you got to try to, I find myself doing more of um, trying to make the other person feel comfortable, but I realize that I'm more comfortable in it than what I say or whatever, right? And so it's, oh. like, it's fine for me to, my friends will joke with me and be like, okay, there's somebody else who's like trying to be in a relationship with you and y'all in this situationship, like middle place or whatever. And I'm like, but I'm kind of fine with it. What comes in with the problem is when the other person thinks that we're working towards something that's going to be monogamous and going to be love. And because I just also feel like I'm emotionally wired differently. And that's part of what I'm trying to figure out in all of this. I feel like a, a lot of People are wired different emotional more emotionally than I am. And I can be like, we can have intimate moments together. That don't mean that I want to be with you. That don't mean that we're in love, but it also doesn't mean that I'm gonna treat you like shit. And so, yeah. like, yeah, you want to have breakfast the next morning? Like that's cool. We can hang out. And so there's like this, I'm trying to figure out in this in-between, like some of it is like, oh, what y'all are saying really resonates with me. So yeah. a lot of it, people are like, that's not normal. You're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, I feel like I it's fine like I feel fine yeah.
3: yeah there's so many rules and why it doesn't make sense and you know it's so funny going back to when I was first <laughs> when I was first in polyamory I was dating someone and um <laughs> and he and I were both new to poly and he would tell me he was like oh I'm just gonna date this girl like it's just gonna be casual I'm just looking for a fuck buddy in her and I'm like okay and this is back when I thought I needed to control my partner and what he did. And I remember he would tell me he would snuggle with her. I'm like, see, you ain't supposed to be snuggling. <laughs> and, and, you know, and now I look back and like, Michelle, like, that's so stupid. Like, people uh-huh. should do, like, do what feels good, be happy, enjoy whatever it is. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters, I think. And I also think the big part of it is just being honest with the people you're dealing with being being honest with like who you are and where you are and what you can handle emotionally (laughs) and 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 you know and then people will will decide if they want to sign up for what you have to offer you know
2: right that open communication and transparency goes a long way (laughs) like and it's really and it's like not as difficult as people want it to be yeah it's really it's really not
0: i agree I think it can be difficult just because people deal with ego so much, you know, like a lot of what has been um, really mainstream in terms of like monogamy and relationship language is centered around ego. Like even the the part of ownership and like owning somebody's emotions and like sexuality and partnership and things like that. Like that is so egocentric. It's like you got to be for me. Like I got to make sure you for me and I got to let the world know you for me. Because yeah. I need to be seen as somebody who can attract a partner or keep a partner or whatever the case may be, you know. And it seems like um, throughout this transition of you all owning your polyamory, you know, lifestyle, you've you've kind of decentralized the ego too. It's just like it's not a part of my relationships anymore. So I can I, I'm I'm slowly learning. Um, how to unpack those things and i've been dating i've been more into like you know dating multiple people and things like that like i ain't had no dates in a minute okay so y'all gonna have to <laughs> catch me on the date tip for real but um you know it's just because i'm still like i'm still learning how to work within those partnerships um there are some men that i'm attracted that are still within that space of ego and like ownership and things like that and it's just like you know, I might be attracting them for a reason because I'm still having to learn and unpack those things about, you know, myself. So I appreciate what you both are saying. Um, even with you, Anthony, I appreciate what you're saying too because um, I feel like a lot of people can probably resonate with this. Like the times have changed so much um, yeah. in terms of how we even have these discussions. So um, even even for us to have like more um like more spaces for community like you all are you like y'all both talked about like facebook groups and things like that and it's like i would have never thought to like i i love joining the facebook group okay like that's like my <laughs> pastime. time now don't get me to participate okay i just want to join it real quick but you know even in me learning it's like maybe that's something that i could seek out to not only you know like i don't want to take from the energy of the polyamorous you know, relationship, you know, and like feed off of that. But also it's just like, I'm slowly learning and trying to understand what relationships look like for me. Like I'm I'm cherishing more of my friendships and I'm valuing more of my, um, relationships with my family and stuff like that. And it's like, how can I, I want to, um, make it across the board like that I show love and it doesn't have to look a a certain way for a certain person because I'm supposed to have this quote unquote certain relationship with this person you know right so
3: I mean this is the thing bias but I think that the poly spaces on Facebook are pretty dope and (laughs) I think it's okay to observe and to learn because I do I I might be wrong, but I, the way the conversations that I've had and the way my eyes have been open to just how to approach love and, and relating to people. And like, for instance, like once I became poly, like having a conversation about if I feel jealous, okay, Michelle, you need to sit with that and figure out what's, what is at the root of your jealousy? I never had anyone say that to me before I was poly. It was, I'm jealous. You need to get over here. You need to stop talking to that bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I was perfectly justified in telling that to someone, right? And then becoming poly and saying, no, you need to figure out what is making you feel like that. What is really at the root of that? Never had those conversations prior to that. And so I think that in the poly spaces, um, not to say that they're perfect spaces at all, um, some of these conversations are starting to be had. And I do think it's, I think anybody can benefit from that from benefit from having the conversation of saying, why do I get jealous? What's at the root of that? What is making me feel like that? Everybody can benefit from that. So I, I, I think anyone can join those spaces and, and get something from it.
1: And my last question is going to be about the, um, you know, we talked about the problematic narrative that we always see in the mainstream. In your fantasy world, like if there was a, hey, there's gonna be a documentary or a movie and, and showing Polly the way that you would want it to. What would that look like for you? What would that? Yeah.
0: Oh my God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, oh
1: man, that's
2: huge because like somebody, like I'm all for liberation from love to gender and sexuality. Uh, liberation so to 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 make a story of that off the bat it's chaos in my mind that's what it, it <laughs> so it's kind of like it's like
0: it's the anarchy you love with. marcus <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like anarchy is not chaos but it's just that, like you know it's all about self-determination and not having um how you operate or, or your relationships Be imposed upon by external sources. It's what you make it to be.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I would also, because I think another, because when Anthony was talking about different dynamics, another dynamic that I really love and enjoy is okay, so another term. (laughs) Uh, Okay, if two people are dating the same person, we call them metas. Um, And I have really enjoyed becoming friends. with metas and just like real true genuine friendship that has been so beautiful for me and it's added to my life and I feel like outside of the poly world that is so not a thing like if you guys are both dating the same person like y'all supposed to fight on site you're supposed to hate her whatever Do you know what I mean and and so I I love that I've been able to enter this space of you know I can watch you know this person love my partner and I can love both of them. And for me, it's been like this amazing, beautiful thing. And I would like, I would love for like, you know, for the meta relationships to be highlighted in some of these shows. Cause I feel like that's something that people don't talk about or know about outside of the poly world. Um, yeah. So that would be something I would want added.
2: I love my metas so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love all my metas. <laughs> I've always had great relationships.
3: That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh. Any
2: other
1: questions from you Chantel or anything Michelle or Marcus that y'all want to add or
0: ask or
2: mm-hmm. I that- can't think of anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> I kind of want to I don't know I don't, I feel like this question might be a little weird but do you all have any um people who kind of like I don't know I don't feel like it's like a grooming thing but it's just like do you have any people within the community that you um, your are like mentor or like that who's your confidant somebody who you can have these conversations with is there, is there one specific person or is it just like a dialogue that you might have with the person that who's just in front of you um, I just want to know like how how does community look in these spaces and like is there someone who's just like, I'm an OG pow, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, because it just, I just feel like for someone who is working towards opening themselves up to these relationships, like it might be helpful to have someone who is more understanding or like who has 10 years in these spaces and who has unpacked the way you both have done and are just like I'm still growing I'm still learning but here's my journey so far and I can give this knowledge to you do you both or have you had any of that in your journey
2: so I definitely can say that I have um especially starting out I and it it wasn't like anyone took me under their wing or mentored but I just gravitated around certain people that were in the community and that I saw as like rock stars um (laughs) (laughs) and now it's like I'm dating a few of them but but yeah that's that's definitely a thing but it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a mentoring thing it was just like people that I just paid attention to um and how they would engage other people online that was like another big thing so when like you see how Somebody might be coming with a particular question and then like they may talk about not even just answering the question, but why was your question framed the way it was like there's mm. something in that to unpack, you know, like, yeah. so I, I was paying attention to that and I learned they might not have known. They and they probably still don't know that I, that I was learning from them, mm. but that was definitely, yeah, I definitely have experience with that.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say that I had a mentor at all because <laughs> um, I was like maybe two years in before I even found the Facebook groups. Um, so it was very trial and error, reading some stuff. Um, yeah, but I would say for me, um, actually, the way that Marcus and I even met was through a Marco Polo group during the pandemic. And for me, I learned so much and gained so much from all of us, like as a group and collectively, we would have these amazing conversations. Um, so I would say that was a really great learning space for me. So it wasn't like a one-on-one thing, but it was just us as a group talking through things, unpacking things um, that was like really beneficial beneficial for me.
1: And- and one more thing that I do want to say is that it's
0: you got another question now, huh?
1: I, 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 as a statement, I'm going to be quiet after this because I'm really excited about the homework, and the, and the reason why is because um we already don't have these conversations enough, but a lot of times when you want to research and look at Polly, it's usually white people telling their stories, right? Mm-hmm. And it's totally like, I've done research and like, not to say I haven't felt anything about black people. It it does exist, but usually when that pops up, I'm automatically turned off. And and so it's just like amazing to um, hear other black folks talk about it, other black folks say that there's community and makes me a little bit more comfortable to be curious about it because there is so much, as you all know, when we enter relationships or romantically with other people that it is triggering triggering racial, it, it, like it's exoticizing and all that kind of stuff. And so it feels good to be like, there are people that are already doing that work, already built community. Um, yeah. And then you don't just have to fumble through all of that messiness. Um, that is at least a concern for me. I don't know if that is for other people, but It makes me feel good to hear y'all talk about the Facebook groups, some books to suggest because, yeah.
3: Yeah, all of my, well, I'm not going to say all, most of my poly uh, spaces are Black or mostly Black or Black-centered. I have not found a good Black solo poly group yet, but yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I definitely, that's definitely important for me as well. (laughs) I have to make one. Oh. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like I need one more thing to do. <laughs> okay, so I guess we
0: are ready for homework. Classmates, classmates, get out your and paper. Get ready to take
2: down your homework.
0: So, um, does anyone or everyone have anything to plug? Any resources? I'm sure. Like people are going to be tuned in. So, um, classmates, get your pen and paper together. Like, write this stuff down because y'all need this.
3: I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say for people who are who are curious about monogamy, there's some books that everyone says you should read um, that people always suggest. Um, uh, More Than Two is one, um, the Ethical Slut, um, Polysecure is a big one. Um, and then I have a podcast that I really enjoy. Um, it is not a black poly, poly podcast, but it's really, really... They're just like, they really go in about topics um, and that's uh, multi-amory. And I've I've found it very helpful in my poly journey. Um, So yeah, those would be the things that I would suggest to people.
2: Um, For me, uh, I would recommend people reading All About Love by Bell Hooks. um, And that is something for everyone. Whether you're monogamous, non-monogamous, um, any gender, like it's for everybody. It, she, she really goes in and reframes um, how we look at love and makes it a revolutionary act. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing, and staying completely within the realm of bell hooks, uh, specifically for Black Cishet Men is to read We Real Cool. Uh, That's a a book it's a phenomenal book that really dives into um, patriarchy in our community where it comes from and how we can heal and move forward.
1: I keep saying I'm done with questions but that made me think of one more thing Marcus (laughs) So um are there resources? Have you have you had trouble finding resources or hearing points of view from men talking about poly life that is not problematic and patriarchal? Has that um, been a challenge for you to find or is that easy to access?
2: Uh one of the one of the people that I really looked up to, that I still look up to um is a black cis man uh it it is out there it i will say in my experience yeah it is something that's not um really abundant and uh there really needs to be more um black men in these spaces that are that are talking about it but they are they are certainly out there okay
1: Okay, swear that was my last
2: question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to share homework, Anthony J. Um,
1: my homework is gonna be a personal one. Like I have, I've been practicing this honesty and and telling people, you know, like I'm not looking for a relationship right now. I am dating multiple people or whatever. I have some homework and journaling that I need to do my with myself to figure out how far i want to explore explore that with other people when i know that's not the route for them and like when do i figure out the cutoff before because i i feel like i'm in dating right now is like exploration and trying to figure out what i want next and then there's some energy that i'm exhausting that i feel like i don't need to anymore so i need to figure out what my my cutoff is and, and trying to learn and figure those things out um so that's my personal homework. The other, and Chantel and I talk about it all the time, we need to get a check. I need to start listening to Shan book again. Um, it's just a really good dating resource. And I learned so much in listening to it the first time. But what is it? Shan the... Do you remember the title off the top, Chantel?
0: For her book? Yeah. Um. Hold on. I have it in my my files um give me a second
1: but she um really talks about she has I think it was five women um that were like hey I'm having trouble with dating for whatever reason I have yeah this. I'll go ahead
0: um it's called the game of desire by Shan Boudram. um her last name is spelled b as in boy o-o-d as in dog r-a-m as in mary um okay. but yeah it it is a really good book um but i'm i'm loving the literature that you both pointed out too because i'm i'm really interested in learning about that um and i appreciate you saying that to anthony J. I hope that were you finished i don't want to cut you off no but... i was
1: trying to talk while you found it so
0: that's good. okay Got you. Um, Just because um, I've been doing, I've been writing in an intimacy journal for like the past two years now. And that's something that I've been, like, I've been slowly learning how to unpack these things myself. And I thought it was to become more, you know, like sufficient and efficient in like attracting relationships and monogamy. But I'm slowly learning that I don't I'm not saying I necessarily, I'm still like learning how to decipher the language. I'm not defining myself on anything right now. Um, and you can see, you can kind of hear my voice is kind of scared to be like, oh, I'm not monogamous right now. Cause you know, it's still me unpacking and, and learning things, but it's just like me trying to figure out myself and find myself and how I look in any relationship, how I show up in all my relationships. Um, yeah. And that reminds me of a quote that I saw on Twitter because Twitter is like my favorite social media right now. I ain't got time for the pretending and bullshit that comes with the other forms of social media. I feel like Twitter is the most real to me. Um, But this is from the Twitter user, the oracle reads you and um, the quote reads, as you're shifting, you will begin to realize that the journey to love isn't about finding the one, but becoming the one mm-hmm. when you recognize that you are your own soulmate you feel at home and peaceful within yourself sit alone befriend your soul feel it into existence and um that's just something that I've been trying to resonate with and journey like it's it's been resonating that's why I'm attracted to it and I wanted to speak that quote on to no class podcast but um it's just a journey that I've learned I, like this intimacy journal thing that I've been doing I thought it was about like the outside world but it was it was just purely about me and like how to love myself and how to show love and like truly feel comfortable in expressing love and um learning what that looks like and receiving it too so um that's why it resonated with me. But I appreciate all the resources y'all share because I'm definitely going to be looking into the books that y'all share too. And um, I started looking at these Black poly groups that y'all was talking about. Y'all going to see me. I'm not going to be in the comments, but I'm going
3: to be liking stuff. So just let uh, I, I, me I, join. I can tell you which ones to stay away from. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> if anything has nation in the title.
3: I just want to say that, Marcus. Although that was Don't the first do time When I <laughs> When I was first exploring polyamory, even before I was practicing it, I I knew I was interested and I was bringing it up to my partner. That was the one I was in first. Because I (laughs) one. It's (laughs) giving Hotep, huh?
2: It is Hotep 101.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But I found other groups through that group. Mm. So you have to start something. But you can just skip that. I,
0: was gonna say, I love going learning about you roots in polyamory. Like, this is so interesting. <laughs> so I
2: interesting. actually, I like the smaller groups. I've been through all the big groups. I like the smaller groups. Um, but one thing that's like really interesting about the small groups is like not a lot of talks around relationships and polyamory go on in the smaller groups. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird.
0: So what y'all be talking about then?
2: Life, anything. I mean, it's just, you know, like it's a group of friends you know, like Aww. we don't like it's not like it's not like the the, the non-monogamous council you sit around and talk about relationships <laughs> and stuff like that like no like
0: <laughs> oh god this helps with the homework too then i love it
1: <laughs> all right it is social media time so we're gonna have michelle and marcus share their social media handles that the ones they want y'all to know about so <laughs>
3: um y'all can follow me on uh instagram i'm not on there a whole lot but it's at hippie noir with the e on the end
2: i fell into a rabbit hole during the panorama <laughs> and um you can find me on tiktok <laughs> oh
3: my yeah. gosh, marcus is so entertaining on tiktok Seriously. <laughs> okay
2: um uh, b for Marcus. letter b as in boy the number four and Marcus. my name marcus with a b b for Marcus. Um, and I'm just on there randomly doing things.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, and so in case you don't have all of our social media and know how to contact us, we're gonna give that plug. Um, on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Facebook and IG, we are no class podcasts. For Twitter, we are no underscore class podcasts. Tumblr, we are no dash dash class podcasts and you can email us at podcast at gmail.com that's where you can contact us if you're interested in being on the show, have any comments any feedback, also whatever you're listening to us on, please rate us, Um, we love some ratings and the other thing that we love is donations so you can go to um, our anchor page in order to donate to No Class Podcast um especially you know if you're listening to this it's like around valentine's day you know we gave you some love you can give us some love back you know so. <laughs> <laughs> but um any last thoughts before we close out chantelle
0: all you need is love that's all it you-
3: mic <laughs> drop <laughs> uh, all you-
1: well y'all stay hydrated melanated and glowed up and we'll see you all next time
3: mm-hmm.